Ahoy, Noiros! Welcome to this week's Out of the Podcast. We're back. We're doing it. We got uh, Camper Dan with us, of course, the gentleman Joey, and uh, our, our special guest from the Bat and Spider podcast, Chuck Forsman. All right. Hello. Charles, if you're me. nasty. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're polite, I guess. Well, we all have, we have a Daniel, we have a Joseph. I mean, the options are there, <laughs> but we choose to be a little more casual, as it. you should be. Well, thanks for coming, buddy. No problem. To our film noir podcast. Do you, do you like film noir? What's your background with it? I love it. It's um, I'm not like uh, I, I wouldn't call myself like a uh, expert, but I, I've I've definitely gone through many phases since my 20s. Like I'm going to watch film noir, and just, like, <laughs> you know, but but I never like got deep into like super deep cuts and stuff. So this is um, this is that's why we're this here. Yeah, that, this is one I've never seen. So um, excellent thank you for having me watch it. Dan, I believe that's the case for you as well. I'm, I'm bringing everyone in on this one. It is, yes. No, this is the first time I watched this one. It's, uh, I think you'll all agree. I mean, it's it's a strange one, but there's just, it's just like a, it's got a real like underdog quality to it. It's real charming. I mean, I think it's just because like Aldo Ray is just such a meathead, but uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. it, it's just. <laughs> a meathead with like the softest voice too, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's bizarre. This was, I, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about this one. Well, I say let's just get right into it. I hope you guys like sixes because this is episode 56 Nightfall released December 6, 1956 from Columbia Pictures, directed by Jock Turner or Jack Turner. Once he, he became an American, he just was like, just call me Jack Turner. So maybe we'll do the same screenplay by Sterling Siliphant. Uh, we got based on the novel Nightfall by David Goodis, who wrote Dark Passage, of course. If you're familiar with Chuck, you seen that one with Bogey and Bacall? Yeah. Yo, oh, yeah. That's oh, a good yeah, that's time. A classic. Uh, cinematography by Burnett Duffy. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is a, uh, I picked this one because I figured it was a good winter one as well. It's very snowy. We're in the, we're in the throes of winter. Have you had uh, a lot of snow over there in uh, Adams, Massachusetts? Uh, yeah, it actually held off for a while, but um, we got pounded recently and everything is we now have the layer of ice that will not oh, perfect. go so away you, until April. So. Sounds like you were totally in the zone for this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> Let's meet James Vanning. At least that's his name at this point. Uh, we're we're going to open right into it. He's just a man, you know, with a light. Someone asks him for one. And uh, then we head into a bar and, and we instantly meet our Anne Bancroft, who was lovely to see. She just really seems like a perfect match for film noir. So I was glad to have her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, I, I, I didn't put it together. That was Mrs. Robinson. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> of course, I know Anne Bancroft. This is the prequel, of course, to yeah. The Graduate. Her hair, yeah. especially in that that bar scene, her hair was just perfect. I love Absolutely. It. Yeah, you would buy her a drink. Yeah. yeah, I want to say that, like, to be honest, like, in general, I like this movie, but I feel like, especially in the beginning, it felt very slow. Like, it was definitely like it a takes a second, of course. To, yeah. Like, get and you have, you have no idea, you know, what you're in for just yet. Right. Uh, and I would definitely say it with one with rewatches, once you, you know what to anticipate, it's an enjoyable time. But I can understand that. I yeah. also didn't want to pass over our uh, we got this one has a, a song for it. I did want to I did want to bring that up uh, <laughs> that it, it's like I think this is one of the first like theme song where it has like the title, but also like it's actually sung. Yes. Like, the, like the title sung in it, which is which is Nightfall. awesome. 
Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, and what was the the guy who sang it? What was his name? It was a cool name. It was like Hibbler. Yes, it. Uh, yeah. I have him for my fun facts, but we could we could uh, oh, take, okay. we could take okay. it to now. That's no problem. We keep it loose here. <laughs> Al Hibbler, some nightfall. Yeah. Um, he was also in Duke Ellington's orchestra before mm-hmm. having some solo pop success. And Duke, of course, sings our theme song, "The Mooch." Did he play the actual piano player in this in that bar? Because I noticed there was like a sign on the piano that said Hibs or something. It may have been. Yeah. I, I didn't see that in my fun facts. I'm yeah, guessing not because that would seem like a good trivia fact, but I'm not sure. Also, I wanted to point out for uh, the poster on this, which is on this lovely Blu-ray, which tricks you into thinking it's not region free, but it absolutely plays. Oh. No fear. Dan did not invert. I the... literally thought about doing it's it. A, and... It's a great design. It's a great yeah. design. Uh, well, Arrow I, Academy. I... I'm sure Chuck is very familiar with Arrow Academy and their work. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite menu screens comes from them. They do good work with that. Good design. But on the poster, we got, uh, you could go to the movies every day for five years before you'd see another picture with so many thrills and so much suspense. I'm sure we all agree with that. Five years. (laughs) Maybe towards the end. I I could argue maybe the the ending. I mean, the ending is is something you you don't see. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) the ending is a good chunk of why we're here, my friends. Don't worry. Yeah, the bar scene's a lot of fun. Um, turns out that she's really just trying to lead him outside and confirm that this guy, he seems like he's spending money. He's got a fresh haircut and two guys are looking for him. Two, two wonderful guys. Um, you got <laughs> particularly Rudy Bond as Red. His his smile is just perfect henchman smile. Sickening. <laughs> and then, of course, Brian Keith as John, who, you know, we all know from from more wholesome roles later in life. The way they walk up is so good and menacing. Like that was like one, once that happened, I was like, okay, now we're starting to get into that. Into Sounds like, like you just need to get stuff. out of this bar, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't care, lady. I'm not trying like, to buy you any drinks. Moving on. Who are these? Who are these dudes <laughs> pulling up? Are they cops? Are they not? Like, what? What's the deal with this? They look like fucking trouble to me. That's what I have to say. Yeah, and they are. <laughs> they are. Yes. No. With the yeah. uh, with mugs like that, absolutely. Um, they're looking for some money that they have misplaced uh you could say so they grab him and and take him right to the car and drive him to a deserted oil field and basically be like this is going to be your head (laughs) and like one of the oil drills like takes off a piece of rusted metal or whatever and that conjures up a nice little flashback we're going back dan we're finding out why the hell are we here what is going on and also you know let's get out of california and turn the degrees down a little bit let's go to wyoming Mm -hmm. You have have any of you been to Wyoming before? I wish. No. No. I have. I've driven through it. It's mm-hmm. um it was accurate. I don't know. I don't believe they filmed there, but it looked it looked good. That's Is good. it a very mountainous state? Is it Absolutely. Yeah. And I had driven there in like November and winter had already started. And it turns out you're supposed to have chains on your tires, which nobody oh, informed me. And I'm coming from Connecticut and it's like, oh, <laughs> that's the no, thing you no do. I thought you just go really slow. And uh yeah, I <laughs> I pretty much had my handprints in the steering wheel. Uh, I had to like pry them off by the time it was done. Builds character, I yeah, guess. I can say that. <laughs> I'm reading Calvin and Hobbes right now, and that's something his dad says constantly. <laughs> that happened to me. I got, I, I think, crossing. It was a state I didn't expect. I think it was Arkansas. I had to cross the whole state, and it was like a, a freak snow and ice storm. And it's like Arkansas. They don't, you know, they can't handle that. So it no. was like miles of people. Miles of cars on the ditches just slid off the road. So I'm just like, yeah, just like the death grip. Just like, I got to make it. Got to make it. Every hotel I stopped at was uh, was 
uh, filled up. Of course. Then I, then I had to sleep in my car and it was cold. That all to see, this is my experience as well. <laughs> I, I, I was driving a, a van back that uh, we had toured with. I was living in Portland at the time, Oregon, not Maine. Headed back west, and I had to sleep in the back of that van at a truck stop and yeah. wake up every hour just to run the heat for a little bit and Ooh. then try to sleep again. Good times. <laughs> was it in Moose, Wyoming? It felt like Moose, Wyoming. <laughs> Moose, Wyoming, a real place, a great name for a, a, a city. I think all of our respective states at the moment have failed. Maybe there's a Moose, Pennsylvania. You're from here, aren't you, Chuck? Or aren't you originally from? Yeah. So there's Moose Sick. From Mechanicsburg. Mechanicsburg. Okay. So you're more into the oil rig end of this kind of movie. I get people always say that, but I I was completely insulated from all the uh the coal mining and stuff there around. Okay. But, but yeah, I guess I'm 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 around there. I don't know. <laughs> What's the population there? Mechanicsburg? I don't know. It's a lot. It's like when I when I was there, it was like exploding. The suburbs were just, you know, miles of farmland being turned into suburbs. So Okay. You left that grenade pretty quick. Yeah, tons of you kids. surfed out like Snake Pliskin in Escape from LA, but it was Mechanicsburg. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I closed my eyes, disassociated and surfed out. Yeah. I'm glad you I can see your <laughs> surfboard in the background right now. I'm glad you guys stuck together. Just a man in a surfboard. That would be good when they, if they ever make the third escape from uh, what well, Earth, right? I believe was yeah. hinted. Uh, oh, you know, wow. he still keeps the surfboard. You yeah. put that in the in the plane or in the rocket, rather. I'm oh, all that for would it. Be cool, yeah. Get him now. He's old enough. Carpenter won't want to do it, but he'll do the soundtrack, and that's all we want. I'm okay yeah. with that. But who are you gonna, Who are you going to get to direct this thing? And I don't know. That's the problem. That that is honestly, you just get Kurt Russell to do it. He did Tombstone. That's true. Yeah. 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 And then just say John Carpenter did it, Tombstone style again. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking go. David Lynch. David Lynch should direct it. I'll, I'll take Lynch. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, that would be a great choice. I mean, that's the answer to everything, isn't it? Yeah. But I would if, just like to see that that universe with David Lynch. I mean, know. David Lynch now or more like Dune era? I think now. I'm okay with now. Okay. Wherever he's at right now, headspace-wise. I, I mean, last yeah. thing we saw from him was terrific. I rewatched uh, Wild of Heart the other night on his birthday. Well, nice I, hadn't of you. I hadn't watched it in a while. I was talking about it with somebody and I was like, man, I, I need to like rewatch that. And yeah, it's, I love that movie. So good. The, how inspired ride. are the, uh, the, the punch sound effects that are heavy metal guitars? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh. Just like the, the music is amazing in, in that whole movie. And yeah, the acting, the wizard of Oz, all the, you know, yeah. allusions to that are all, Amazing. That was a, a once in a lifetime movie. I'm I'm glad we were able to get it because yeah. even the from amount, him, it's like stars. nothing like it. Yeah, yeah. The, the amount of people in it, even like small roles, like because it was at the time of Twin Peaks, so you got a lot of the carryover from people that were simultaneously in Twin Peaks. And, and in you guys movie. want it? Do you want to bring it back to full circle to this movie? Yes, I do. Aldo yeah. Ray's son is Leo in Twin Peaks. Yes, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wild. Yep. I, I did. They, I did. They have that, that look. Yeah. Uh, he was not. He was blessed with that hairline as well. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> would have loved to see father and son get together in a in a film. In another world, it would be like getting even with dad, but instead of Ted Danson <laughs> and <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, it would be Alderay and, and <laughs> Eric Daray. Deep fake it. We're gonna deep fake it. All right. So we're we going dream. back. We're we're dreaming. We're going back. We're flashing back. Uh, we're on a nice little camping trip. And uh, he's with his good friend. There's a strange relationship with him and this Edward Gersten, who's a doctor. But yeah, they're just out camping and 
fishing and talking about why he doesn't have a girlfriend. And... Yeah. Can we can we dive into this part a little? Absolutely. Bit? Please. I was the, the other meat of the movie. Yeah. Because uh, so there, we're sort of introduced to what we'll learn more is uh, Aldo Ray is like he has this sort of like thing with his best friend's the good doctor's wife who's much mm-hmm. younger than than him yes which is it breezed upon constantly yeah, yeah and i feel like he i feel like the doctor knew about that like the way he because there was that weird thing he like he brought up something and then Aldo ray just like walks off to the lake he's like oh, i don't want to talk about this yeah i mean, I mean he could, I, that could have been why he brought him out on the trip is like hey this is yeah. something we got to talk about like I, we're good friends yeah i, I, think I mean he, i loved it i loved if they were just like hinting at like these you know two gruff guys who can't actually say what's on their minds i loved i love the way they did it's gonna let it happen it was weird it was weird that like like i mean i i liked it i i liked how they they did it but yeah the fact that they like only kind of like brush up against it throughout the movie and don't actually like outright say it like they're just kind of hinting at the fact like oh yeah like because even well, later later like, on we find yeah because yeah, like we're talking about why he's like on the run and he thinks like cops are looking for him too and they're saying that like some of the letters came out from her and so they think like he killed the doctor because spoiler as we're going to get into doctor's mm-hmm. dead so i mean like that seems like something that could have been you know amplified a little bit but there's no time dan there's we're we're speeding through this movie <laughs> 79 minutes man a lot come on that's always a shout out to 79 minutes our favorite oh, amount of time do you get a lot of those on your end of the podcasting world of, of film reviews uh, oh Chuck? yeah our last our last one we watched uh, this movie tilbury 65 minutes it was the best Oh, excellent. That's the uh, All the Haunts BRs box set. Yeah, it was like a folk horror movie from Iceland that is incredible. I highly recommend it. Awesome. I think it's on Shutter right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of and those. That actually, that has like a, it's actually had, it has a noir feeling because the main character is sort of like, it's sort of in that Big Lebowski noir thing where he's like a dumb oaf from the country, but he <laughs> he's like sent on this mission into the city and he's like stumbling around and just keeps getting into more and more trouble and meeting weird characters. So yeah, that's that's a fun, weird Icelandic noir with a uh, folklore tint with uh, these uh, a weird imp that sucks milk from uh, cow's udders. And <laughs> it, it's definitely worth watching. What, sorry, what do. were you going to say, Dan? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's I've been meaning to get into that box set because I've been talking about, with my other friend, uh, Kevin, about that because uh, he, he's seen a few of them because a lot of them throughout the different platforms are like available. Like a lot of, yeah. a lot of them you can see outside of getting the box set, which I kind of want it because it looks nice, but it's kind of expensive too. Um, I missed the first yeah. time around. I did get the second pressing that we're waiting on right now. Just oh, cool. Yeah. The hype is real. I, I wait. I slacked on it. I, once yeah. that trailer had come out, I was really I wanted it. But now I want it more because the excitement is there. How many yeah. have you done so far? Uh, we, well, we do, we're just doing it for January. So we, we, oh, okay. just, we just picked four of them. Yeah. There's, but there's like 20 movies in that thing. So, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do the whole thing, but you're not going to devote your entire show to no. that. <laughs> <laughs> I at least appreciate the scope of it. Like, I didn't realize how widespread throughout the world it was. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so that, I thought that was really cool. And then when you watch the documentary, you're like, oh, no, like the 20 films in this thing is like a drop in the bucket because they like, yeah, you mentioned like 200 movies in that. In the wow. Documentary. You're like, oh, God. They had to pick. <laughs> There's going to be more coming, I'm sure. Mine it, too. It seems like a success. Yeah, I'd imagine it's coming. We'll see. Um, so yeah, all seems to be going well on this camping trip. And then all of a sudden, we see a car spin out of control on the ice. Because as we were talking about Wyoming, <laughs> you're, don't get in a car in Wyoming. That's really what we're here yeah. to say. That's the lesson of this movie. 
spins out, hits a fence, not looking good, but you know, Edward Gersten, he's a doctor. All is going to be well. They go to tend to these guys, but you know, they, they seem like they're not on the level and they're not, they robbed a bank and they're going to take these guys out, especially after the doc gets John, Brian Keith, he gets like all splinted up because mm-hmm. it was the accident, I believe, right? That got him yeah. all messed up. Yeah. Because like, oh, understand. you guys are lucky to survive that. This is one of the things because there's a lot of times in this movie where I, it, it's so it seems so fantastic to me, like certain plot points. I'm like, why? Why? Like, why is this happening? And and this was one of them where I was like, they could have easily just played it off like they were just two dudes on a drive somewhere. Like the fact that they immediately were like, all right, we're bringing our guns out. We're doing this stuff like. Who cares? Well, I believe you it was because they were like, we'll call the cops or we're going to call an ambulance. You know, they that's where the, the yeah. trouble would begin because they're not trying to be seen. That, that was the thing with their their heist was that they had gotten away unseen. Right. Well, if they were unseen, the, then no one would know. Money. Yeah, no one would know. I mean, that. the one guy could hide the money and then the other guy, the guy that's hurt could just go into the hospital, get fixed up and then be out. Oh, I see. You're saying like, why? yeah. Well, they probably didn't want to go to the hospital at all, though, right? I mean, that's that's like a death sentence. For uh, cops snooping around, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. could be moose. looking for anything <laughs> suspicious. But yeah, I don't know how the, the moose. Is. Well, are we in moose at the? Yes, because yeah, ultimately we're, we come back to moose. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how moose operates. You're right. Yeah. But. <laughs> could, could be a like sheriff, a... a sheriff at every room in, in the moose, in the moose, yeah. uh, you know, hospital. Who knows? I think it also doesn't hurt that you got Red, who's a fucking psycho. So I mean, like, he's yeah. waiting for something like this to happen. He's not really been too That's into true. the like. Let's stay undercover. He's got a smile. He wants to show off. And yeah, we should say Red. Guys. This guy trigger happy i mean he is just the whole movie he is yeah. thirsty for shooting anyone. exactly and he is very bad at counting as well <laughs> yes <laughs> yes he is because when he goes to count to uh shoot old the doctor in the back when it's time to take these guys out you know john doesn't want anything to do with this he's a, a classier man yeah he goes to shoot him he's like, i'll give you to the count of three this dumb dumb does it on two ah <laughs> what are you thinking guy do, do they actually mention like I, I i don't remember it but did they mention how these guys hooked up together like because yeah they seem like very different like it seems like they came together for this particular job but they're you know, so I'd imagine far apart it's like podcasting where you, you're trying to find a friend with like-minded interests <laughs> and it's hard to do it but eventually you come together and you know podcasting crimes they're usually you know yeah. kind of opposites but there's something that brings them together and uh you know crime if especially I had, if i if i had to guess john was probably the brains of the operation he probably yeah. came up with the, the bank robbing scheme but he was like ah i need it i need someone to drive and who has a gun yeah and, um, yeah i know well, you need the brains really and you need the looks and and yeah. red is the looks i mean this guy yeah. what a hunk it's and like someone to go along with him too because it seems like he kind of always went along with you know red went along with him obviously until the very end but you know it seemed like he was always like he was in charge. It seemed like John was always in charge. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I think there was that, that element of like, you know, I call red a stooge, if you will. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. like, uh, you know, he was a life. dumb psychopathic ogre who like John had to like trick into like doing his bidding. It was yeah. great. It was great interplay between those two. I loved it. And that, and I love how their whole thing falls apart at the end. Where, <laughs> oh yeah. They're just end like, up turning on each other. And it's like roommates at the end. It was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just those a guy, you know, cool and collected, and then the the yeah. trigger happy guy, and and what happens when you finally get to the end with them? Like, I'm sick of seeing your face. <laughs> I can't wait for this to be over. Perfect. I mean, we gotta love roommates, right? <laughs> so the doc is dead. He's shot. 
uh, in the back. It's it's brutal. Of course, they don't show it, but you know, they your imagination. Oh my God, guys, it's, mm. it's so deadly. And then it's uh, Aldo Ray's turn, and uh, it goes to shoot him, but instead he hits a rock, which then hits him. You know, gets a little rock shrapnel, hits him in the head, so it looks like he's dead. And I mean, I believe he's knocked out as well. Like it really does like fuck him up. Yeah, it messes yeah. him up a little bit. He's like yeah. at least disoriented. Chunk a rock to the face. I mean, that's never fun. Yeah, especially at gun speed. But and this uh, also this also leads to like like another point of like how ridiculous this is, where they have the two bags, which do look. I mean, they look similar, but there's definitely they're oh, definitely yeah. different. <laughs> oh and yeah, the fact that he just I, like doesn't even think about it, just grabs one of them, doesn't even like look, and it's just like, yep, this is the one with the money in it, and then they go. Dan, is this year too late for tears? Um, I mean, yeah, but. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of it because some things that happened in the end that I'll bring up, like kind of redeemed it. I think it's that this movie felt more like postmodern to me. Like it felt like similar to like odds against tomorrow where it's like, it's later on. Mm -hmm. So like, there's this more like modern take on film noir. So like, there's so many film noir elements in this movie, but there's so, so much more like ahead of its time elements in it sure. that are just like ridiculous. So it seems like it kind of was like a forerunner to a lot of even action movies like later on there's like stuff later on in the movie i'm like this is something that like die hard would have like ripped off like with, <laughs> with like with like the snow plow thing like that whole sequence you know i mean like it gets into these elements that are like how did they arrive at this like this is fascinating <laughs> to me yeah. um you know more it's, so it's than a ride, some of the, yeah right some of the, the the typical plot stuff that you see is a little bit more grounded i think to it i mean that's with, what with keeps me movies. coming back to this movie is just it's yeah. endlessly unique i mean there's there's just nothing like it and it is just like how did you get to this point we're at a fashion show all of a sudden yes. you know which we'll get exactly. to oh, like, that was great yeah yeah. Exactly. yeah that was very much like a, a very modern like it felt like that was absolutely like been in an 80s action movie that that whole fashion show scene and one yeah. reason for that is around this time too is like TV was becoming a big thing and they're showing movies on TV and they were saying like all these film noirs are too fucking dark. We can't even see these things. So they were mm -hmm. trying to change up the lighting a little bit. So, I mean, we're out yeah, of the this... shadows for a good chunk of it, but it still finds that way to, you know, keep yeah, it's it grounded. a very bright movie. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Like the, like the scene we were just covering at the, the campsite murder. It's like such a, it's in know, the, it like, yeah, you're daytime. But like, Fargo, you know, it's like daytime horror. It's a... I mean, that's not the last time it's going to feel like Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we think this guy's dead. He wakes up, Aldo Ray, and he notices, oh, boy, gee golly, Dan's favorite plot point. The bag's the exact same, and it's full of money. <laughs> or they're just, like, grabbing bags and didn't even notice. Who knows? You know, Ray's too busy smiling to notice what kind of bag they have. Right. They never coordinated. You know, I could fill these plot holes if you want, Dan. I got my shovel right here. Well, Chuck makes a good point, too. It's just, like, you know, I also get the element of, like, he's kind of, like, a stooge. Like, he's kind of, like, you know, he's not necessarily the most, like, you know, guy that's like has that presence of mind to be like maybe i should double check this to make sure it's the right bag with all the money and not the doctor's you know medicine stuff i mean know, that like, bag of money was probably quite heavy you know so they're like hey this feels like money yeah that's the thing though like how heavy is a doctor's bag like i feel like the weight would have been that that's the toughest thing for me you might have some you know? sandwiches in there too i mean you know they were out camping <laughs> a couple fishing lures you know some new york uh, pastrami sandwiches, some really thick guys. <laughs> I mean, you know how expensive it is to import that to Moose, Wyoming. You know, yeah, you're gonna, it's gonna be heavy. You're gonna get enough Maybe to make it with last. Trout, yeah, trout and syringes. Just throw them right in the bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't even have to beat them down. You just knock them out with the syringe. <laughs> I, I agree. 
it's all the it's all the cornmeal that the doc said he preferred. <laughs> uh, he actually left it in the oh, bag yeah. just in case. Special bulletin from the ranger station in this area. Campers are advised to leave as soon as possible to avoid the danger of being snowed in. Now turning to the international scene. We better pack up and get out of here. Temperatures dropping below freezing. The weather station reports a snowfall of eight inches in the mountains and more coming. They're closing down the highway north of here. If that cold front moves in on us, we're really in trouble. Cold or no cold, Doc, right now we're going to eat trout. Fried the only way to fry them. Plenty of butter and breadcrumbs. Yeah. Well, I've always been a cornmeal man myself. <laughs> Doc, you stick to the medicine, I'll stick to the cooking. That's a deal. Well, what do you think we ought to do? Do what the man says. Take the road south first thing in the morning. We haven't even had two weeks of this, and I could use two months. No deadlines to meet, no art directors calling in the middle of the morning. <laughs> How about you? You ready for surgery? <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> anyway, we came to do some hunting. What's it going to look like if we get back to Chicago without a set of horns? <laughs> How about that big buck we saw yesterday morning across the valley? Standing there like the Statue of Liberty. Beauty, wasn't he? <laughs> Why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you? You know, I think you're right. The bread comes out better than the cornmeal. <laughs> Great coffee, huh? Eh. Better than I ever got in the Navy. <laughs> I love that conversation. It was so yeah. good, and it, it, it applied to real life because I instantly had thought, oh, man, I cooked tofu recently, and I was like, I forgot to put fucking cornmeal on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I felt like a little mini noir for me, too. My heart skipped an extra beat on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs off with the money because they realized it, you know, quick enough. I mean, I don't know. He seemed well, he was out for a little bit, it seemed, but enough where this was lining up perfectly. So he runs off and he just ditches this money in the snow. I'm going to find it at some other point. I'll deal with this later. And then he takes off to live a whole new life. And, and that's how we get him in California. But he also like didn't know where he dropped it. Or was he making that up the whole time? Because he was like, Everyone he told, he was like, I don't really know. I know kind of where it is, but not really. I think, yeah, I think it was just that where like it was yeah. like somewhere in some field. Like, yeah. you know, I remember when I was a kid, I dropped my dad's hammer pretending I was uh, steel from DC <laughs> universe and the Shaq movie, of course. And uh, yeah, I just dropped that in the snow and then had to wait for it to melt sometime. And I was like, oh, oh there's, wow. there, there's that hammer. And then uh, yeah, he didn't notice at all as well. Yeah, I mean, he was hitting the head, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I also kind of put his perspective, like, yeah, That's true. I think he, like, remembers, like, I think it's, like, legit where he, like, generally kind of knows where it is, but he's not, like, 100% sure. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I think, checks out for me, because it's, like, dude's been through a lot. It's, like, a traumatic experience, like, seeing, like, your best friend, you know, just murdered on your vacation, and then you get hit in the head, and yeah. then you run off and, and drop a bag somewhere. Like, I, I guess if I were in his shoes, I'd probably be, like, yeah, I know it's probably near the shack that I kind of remember, but <laughs> That's who knows? True. Good point. And so there's a lot of like flashbacks and then back in the past. So there's that one point too, where he's able to get away from John and red at that oil refinery. Mm. And uh, he makes it to Marie's apartment building, but then remembers that he had her address in his pocket and like they in his wallet it. that they took. So yeah. they got to get out of there, but he tells a little more of the story, which brings us up to the present. You know, she at first didn't trust him because she's like, those are cops and you're a criminal. But of course this lovely camping story brings her on board. And we also have some some glimpses at Ben Frazier, who's this mysterious guy who's looking at for Aldo Ray. And also we get a little Jocelyn Brando back from the big heat. Mm -hmm. Marlon Brando's sister. 
as his uh, wife. So th- those were good scenes. They had a nice dynamic, I thought. Yeah. He didn't get too much to do, but it was always good to see him when he popped up. I mean, more towards the end, he, he comes yeah. into play. But... The ending, I thought, was cool with him. Yeah. So Jim, he goes to, or Aldo Ray goes to get some bus tickets to Wyoming, two tickets. that he, They're able to escape the two henchmen on the, on the lookout for him. And uh, now we're in the afternoon and now we're on the, the runway fashion show, which, you know, is, is a good chunk of real estate of this quick movie. But that, that was, it was really, I, I love that scene. I, I think it's such an interesting addition. And yeah, that's the guys- tension, the tension, because like of her having to like go in and out, you know, with the costume changes mm-hmm. and then seeing the dudes right there, like, you know, menacingly looking at her, then going back and then she comes back out and then they're not there in the same seats. And you're like, like, okay, like what's going on? Like, I love the way Aldo it, it Ray's builds. coming. Yeah. He yeah. comes in. Yeah. Like the way it's, it's set up is, is awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, they, and the whole time you're just like, run, just like get <laughs> out of there. Like, and then when he picks her up, like right at the end, he's just like, oh, all right, yeah, screw yeah. it. I'm just, I'm just carrying you. Yeah. She's like, how much for this gown? I'm just going to take off. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to buy it. Um, yeah. They, and they, it looks great. I mean, they went all out. Uh, the gowns were designed by Jean Louis, who was Columbia Pictures costume designer mm. and was also a costume designer on Green Acres, which I'm going to slow down the show and give a shout out to Green Acres. I re- recently started watching this. <laughs> Green Acres is the fucking best. Go watch is this it. An it is ad? so funny. And uh, now concludes our ad from Shout Factory uh, <laughs> returning to the show. I'm sorry, guys. It was too coincidental. Once I saw that fun fact, I was like, <laughs> I'm literally watching this now. And it's amazing. Starts getting used to our product placement. They talk to the it. animals like they're people. It's amazing. <laughs> I've, n- I've maybe seen like 10 minutes of that show, but I do yeah. remember loving the set like because it's all shot it's indoors, incredible so it's and what's outdoor crazy shot. about it Love is it. it's like all sequential like each episode builds on the last one with like the the, oh, house, really? the farm yeah so i couldn't imagine wow. just dropping into it but yeah it, it's it's wild petticoat junction it's a whole universe mm, yeah that's all i have to say i know i'm i'm film noir guys we're, we're staying in the shadows but fucking green acres is the place to be i gotta say <laughs> I did want to, yeah, I, sorry, I missed when he brought up Ben Frazier. The whole yes. insurance detective angle of this was, I I was a little like not happy with it through most of it. I did mm-hmm. like how it, how he ended up, because I feel like after like, like the first scene you're introduced to him, like, okay, this is a guy who's after our, our main dude, Alder. Yeah. So we should be wary of him. But it, it became clear, it became clear too soon that he was going to be, a good force in Aldo Ray's. They could have played it I up think. a little more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he should have been more threatening through most of it, because then you would have had. Because I, I never felt the tension of him chasing him, like when he gets on that the you know the bus with him and stuff. No, he's just like, "Where are we going, buddy?" Yeah. <laughs> Remember me? I asked for a yeah. light. <laughs> like I, I wanted like that, that to scene. be more threatening. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. Like no, I mean, I loved bathroom. all that. <laughs> oh yeah, in the bathroom <laughs> the shaving scene. So, yeah. yeah. Just plugging in at, in the the old <laughs> bus station bathroom. Oh yeah, yeah. It just seemed like so. Like if I were Aldo Ray, I'd be like, "How the heck is this guy here? Like, yeah. what is yeah. this dude?" And he even gives like a good look at the end of that scene. If you watch, like he definitely like he definitely portrays that. Like, why is this guy around? Like, I just saw this dude. Yeah, because like, he doesn't even give it up. Like, then right, like right, he's just no. like, hey, remember me? I asked you for a light. Well, anyways, good to see you. Like. What? Look at her job yeah. in Butte, Montana. You know? As you do. <laughs> yeah. Why not? We just have to be on the same bus. <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. yeah. I see you're shaving. You're busy. You know, do your thing. Just Enjoy yourself. Poke. Yeah, exactly. Happens. I guess that's the detective sort of 
thing. You, you give him a little poke, a little scare, see if, you know, you make him do something that he wouldn't do otherwise. He's yeah, real- no, and, and they, and you're right. Cause they, they touched on that in the beginning when he has that conversation with uh, Jocelyn Brando in the, in the beginning, he says like, um, I had a conversation with him and she's like, Oh, well, you know, did you get him to talk to you? Anything? And he's like, Oh yeah, I didn't really get a whole lot out of him basically. And yeah, yeah it's the same thing. He seems like he's always kind of like, he's really far away and then he'll kind of like come in a little bit and just like kind of play with him a little bit and see what happens. And then he'll like draw back for a while. Yeah. But he um, also did that thing where when he's talking to his wife, where he's, he's basically like saying he's in love with this guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like weird. It's weirdly really which obsessive. I thought was cool. It was cool, yeah. but it was also like, Oh, he's not going to be a threat. Like he's you, not it's like, a missed opportunity, yeah. but it, it is like, all right, if you're going to do it, I guess we're just going where he's like, Hey yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I love you. You're, you know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I'm inside he's, your head. He's what? What's his name? Terry in Wayne's World, Dan? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love you. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't, man. And it's just great. Say, just I, say thank you. Yeah. No. So they wait till they totally complete the whole bus ride. And then uh, Aldo Ray is like, Ann Bancroft, go get us a car. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. And then um, Ben Fraser comes up and he's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> I know that you've been framed for this, you know, Doc's murder. We They found the body. They've been looking for you. His wife kind of framed you too. But I love you, man. And uh, <laughs> I believe in you. Let's go find this money. Let's figure this out. All is well. We're on a Moose Wyoming adventure. I'm yeah. going to take over for the Doc and we're, we'll camp. It's going to be great. You know, also, we real can quick. double date as real quick, quick <laughs> as you want to go, Dan. I, I do like in the scene in the beginning when Alder Ray is just like, just take me in. Like, just take me in. Like, I'm done. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. finally, <laughs> like, like just what like, took you so long? Yeah. He's like, let's just do this. And, and then, and then a Fraser's just like, no, man. It's like, no, no yeah. Fine. Yeah. No, I that was good. That was like, it was like, cause he was just so sick of it. He's like, any way I can get some relief. <laughs> yeah. Whether I go to jail for the rest of my life or I clear my name, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Either one. I'm done point. with this. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was done with being in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're about to be done with Wyoming, too. Ben says, let's do this. I know you're innocent. Let's go find that money. Here's Marie. We're all going to drive off together. Then they head they follow the trail. Nobody fixed the fence since the crash had happened. Mm-mm. But, you know, and at first I'm like, that's a little weird. But then it was like, it's Wyoming. Like two people have probably driven past this thing the whole time. Like yeah. nobody owns that fence. So as you are. They, they, they follow the trail, and as they're getting close to this little shack, they see that there's um, some footprints in the snow. Mm-hmm. So they may be a little slow on this one, and there's some good... And a like, giant snowplow. We don't want yes, to That's not going to come either. into play. Dan, get over the snowplow. It's never going to happen again. I'm so trying. They stole I'm the, trying. They stole, am I, I'm, the bad guy stole that snowplow, right, and drove it there? No, that's I think that was just there no? because they... Okay. Well, maybe they like stopped and then got out and left footprints because but i don't know how like long those footprints were they, they may have, stolen it. have keys because they, I mean, they had the keys that's where you're getting me exactly <laughs> is but it's wyoming man you know in the 50s they, you know you're leaving your doors unlocked leave you're leaving it. the keys in it's a more trusting it's the community time. uh snow plow exactly right? i Actually, think you're it was right like though. a snow blower throw <laughs> yeah i think you're right though i think it's it's that yeah they i didn't even think about that that yeah they they probably did steal that because it, it really is in the middle of nowhere like that yeah. has to be how they traverse that to get there. I just didn't think, I just thought it was like, it just happened to be there for whatever reason in the moment. I didn't even think about, yeah, like that's how they got there. All right. So, yeah, so they probably stole that. Yeah. We're ready to consider all the angles. Don't worry. Airtight nightfall is. Don't worry. 
Um, <laughs> some beautiful angling though, where you see the shack and they're trying to see if those guys are in there and like, there's the window and they're like coming around and then, you know, then <laughs> you, you, you see, uh, show. yeah, exactly. And yep. then you, then it just gets there and it's like, no, we, we've got a gun on you and, uh, <laughs> get in here. The perfect uh, space where the bag was in the snow. Yep, like, God yes. damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got to let you in the audience know, you know, you got to know yeah. where, where it used to be. Yeah. Exactly. And that we also see snow plows for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So ignore the snow plow. Nothing yeah. to do with this. John keeps up the relationship with Red, says, You tie him up. We're going to leave him there stranded. But, you know, Red, he, he's got a gun and he wants to use it. But John doesn't want it to go down like that. And, and they have themselves a little standoff, which we talked about earlier. But yeah, just really great with this dynamic where it's just like, you know, John's really cool. And it's like, You don't want to do that, Red. And Red just, you know, goofing off and his, his smile as big as ever and just delightful. It's also, it's also interesting that throughout the movie, John, I mean, even like I get it before the moment that they get the, the money that he's always reluctant to really actually kill Aldo Ray. And yeah. he does it till the very end to this moment. Yeah, even after realizing it was a mistake. Right. And they have the money. So it's just like it's it's just interesting that he always like was always just like, no, we're not we're not gonna kill him. We're not gonna kill him. I think he's a little squeamish, know. like he doesn't like blood, you know? Like I think yeah. he's fine with letting him just, you know, starve to death and die out in the snow and freeze, but right. And yeah, didn't I mean, tie I him chalked, up either. Yeah. yeah. I chalked it up to John just like the more dead bodies are just like the more reason we're gonna get caught. You know, yeah. even if we get this money and get away. Yeah, because he's been he's been very careful this entire time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe he just really likes Aldo Ray like Razor likes him, you know? Maybe yeah. there, there yeah. is that other thing. Like this is another male love thing that, that's going on in there. And because they I noticed this earlier in the movie when um oh when they're in Wyoming for the flashbacks and he gets Aldo Ray's license mm-hmm. and so that he could steal their car and if they get pulled over, whatever. And I realized, oh, they kind of look alike. And I, I was like, oh, there's like some sort of like uh, another man love aspect going on here, like some male identification. Yeah, game recognized game. Yeah, yeah. It's like I like the cut of your jib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and not thinking about it too, it's like yeah, it's like back then they probably didn't have like photos on the on the licenses, you know, True. back in the day. So it was just a straight up license. Oh, so sure. yeah. yeah, so if they look like you said, they, they look similar, yeah, they wouldn't know the difference probably yeah i'm probably just said like a beefy mug with a soft voice yeah you're gonna love him did (laughs) so did this is the question that did aldo ray's charms work on you guys how do you feel about him like oh i loved it i love it because uh yeah i mean for all the reasons he's just such an awkward it's so it's just so different than anything you've ever seen especially in this situation he looks like a former high school football player and he has this. Yep. <laughs> it's like I keep calling it a soft voice, but it's almost like a um, I don't know. Maybe it was like damaged in the war because there there is the uh, you know, he's a vet in this, which is a common trope in these things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kept thinking, oh, it was something that happened in the war that affected his voice. That maybe, <laughs> maybe sort of small and a little raspy. I don't know. I I just loved it. I I, I was really drawn into him. Yeah. I no, him. I mean, it, and even just sometimes, like he's like a little clunky as an actor, and then but it would work somehow. Like I, right, it's yeah. just baffling. I don't know. What about you, Dan? Yeah. It, it. I mean, they talk about all the places that he uh, lived, you know, while he was on the run, and and you right. know, and, and you get the sense that like he feels like worn out to me. Like I mean, they, obviously they talk about the I'm saying here, please take me in, but even leading up to that point, like he, I think it might just be like how he is as a person. He may not have been 
you know, trying too hard to act it. But it just seems like I don't know if he was like, capable of doing that. Really, it seems honestly. like a quiet toughness, and that, yeah. I think that's the best way I can describe it. It's like you look at this guy, and you're like, this guy could keep taking a, a licking and and keep going. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but quietly, not like in, it was just this very weathered kind of like he just he just chugs along and just keeps going. And and I, I liked it for it. It was interesting because it's it's you know by just looking at him, you're like, okay, this this looks like a real big tough dude, but he has that kind of quiet <laughs> presence and it's, 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 it's a weird juxtaposition. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, this is like one of the first movies I think I've seen him in that I can recall, like at least as a leading person. So yeah, I, I definitely like to see more with him, other movies I, and see like how it compares. I, I love the, um, that section of the movie where he had blood on his shirt after he got roughed up by the guys mm-hmm. he's just walking around with the blood on his shirt. And on his face like, and it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. 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 The blood, yeah, that that like blood in this kind of shocked me because usually they're a little more subdued with the, the amount. Fifty six, we're getting bloody. Yeah, yeah, things are changing. So speaking of red, old blood red shot, <laughs> <laughs> shot John dead. Keeping the rhymes coming. Sorry, that things aren't looking good. Jim grabs John's rifle and jumps out of the window, and they, there's a bit of a shootout. Red gets in that old snowplow. I guess we're using it after all, and starts up the engine. Then they Jim gets up there and there's a bit of a, a battle for it. And they both jump out and able to position themselves perfectly with the oncoming plow. And Aldo Ray is able to get out of the way, but not red. And they, they, I mean, it they, was also they cut it pretty close too. Yeah. Forget yeah. the, the, the plow is also going towards the shack where the other two members. were. Yes, exactly. So like, Classic, so you know, yeah. tied up with <laughs> on the train tracks trope, oh, you know, it was yeah. a good time to, Watch I, that spin I, on it. My only edit would be like make that a closer call, like have yeah, it like almost hit like hit the corner of the shack, you know. Yeah, yeah and let that, like that his would have been exciting bones like <laughs> end up like you know cr- like stopping the snowplow. There is too yeah, much yeah, to yeah. go through. His <laughs> smile cannot be cracked. <laughs> I like to think that the that the uh, the scene in, in uh, Point Break with the lawnmower is an homage. To, oh yeah, <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's this it felt done right. Similar. Yeah, it, got, it felt, yeah, it felt like, like at least spiritually. Um, we, we could edit a couple more of that same frame of the snowplow in, you know, do a little personal cut. It, it would, it wouldn't add yeah. too much time. You'd still be getting through this movie in no time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but, but no, I, like I said, I mean, this is like one of the, the moments where I'm like, this is where like now they're taking a step, like, like com- yeah. comparative to like because it seems like it is going to be just the shack and the snowplow, and you're right. like, oh, that's a fun suspense, but like, no, 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 we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, like it, there's more like, holy crap, like, you know, it's serious, like somebody's probably gonna get mangled in this, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's that real presence there. Also, I want to take a quick step back. There's maybe the funniest thing that Fraser says is that, you know, beforehand, he, he bluffs and says, oh, you better watch out. Like I, all the feds are going to be coming down on you guys, you know, anytime now. And at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, I guess your feds are gonna be here soon. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, there's, just, nobody yeah. there's nobody coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if anybody came. Yeah, that was awesome. Good job, Ben Frazier. Good yeah, job, Ben nice Frazier. Humor. Good job, Jack Turner. I mean, that's it. That's the end of the movie. We, we you, you crush him and and you go home. Nice wow. shot of the bag, like in the in the snow. Nice, yep. nice little, oh, yeah. little shot there. Nightfall. <laughs> yeah, cute theme music. <laughs> Got to get that single. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, just some fun facts about it. This actually had been adapted first in 1950 as a TV movie, sure as fate. Hmm. be curious how brutal that one was wasn't a special feature on the blu-ray uh so it couldn't have been that good 
But the film rights were purchased again in July of 1955 by Copa Productions, which is our old friend Tyrone Power of Nightmare Alley fame. Mm -hmm. And originally Edmund O'Brien would have been up for it of DOA. That -hmm. would have been a good time as well, possibly with Barbara Stanwyck as the female lead. But, you know, we got some real people. I think that's what's one of the greatest things about this is it feels very real. There's a, a very real beauty to Anne Bancroft that is a little different from a typical femme fatale. Mm. a little weathered you know a little mrs robinson e (laughs) yeah the thing that struck me about this one was i mean maybe you guys encounter this more than i do was that Anne bancraft and alder ray were both genuinely good as far Mm -hmm. as we see like they they hint that Anne bancroft has some mysterious past but they never it never becomes a thing really but that that struck me at the end like there was never a point where Alder Ray, like as you go on, you realize he doesn't care about the money at all. And part of me is like, ah, I kind of wish there was like some scene in here where the, he had a temptation to like get the money and get away. They play you can take this like, template and just make a whole different movie. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. That that was like my only thing is like it 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 felt a little too Disney, like it, <laughs> how good everyone was in the end. <laughs> Everybody's pals. We all just love Aldo yeah. Ray, basically. It's true. You want the choose your own adventure, you know, experience where it's Absolutely. like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> turn, turn, turn to page 47. And <laughs> Look, if you, if you want Aldo Ray to go bad. If you change one thing, then all of a sudden the snowblower is just gone. You know, the snowplow is gone. So you can't <laughs> yeah, risk it. I think it's, I, I, I get that. I think it's that Frazier's right there. So like the quote unquote, like law, like he's going to pick up the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I think he realizes, true. especially at that point that like, he, he can't do anything with it anyway, really. I mean, that you know, Fraser's going to bring it in and return it. So, yeah. No, it's it's interesting, though. Yeah. Also, it's so funny to have, like, a... It's so foreign nowadays to have, like, a, a bank get robbed and then the insurance company who holds the bond and the money at the bank has to, like, go find it. Where, like, now yeah. it's just, like, the money's insured, whatever, the government covers it. But, like... Right. To actually, like, we got to find this fucking money. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to swear, but... No, no, no. That's fine. It's, uh, it's so Dan weird. doesn't I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, fucking Aldo Ray, uh, <laughs> he was under long-term contract for Columbia, but he did one of those classic refusal of a movies and got suspended. So he ended up here. We also got Anne Bancroft cast as the female lead at the same time. The fashion show dress, the one that she was going to take with her, they said it cost $650, which in 2020 would be about $6,000. Wow. Inflation being what it is now, I don't know how much that still has gone up even further. And then also the $350,000 in the bag would be $3.3 million in 2020 money. Oh. That's a man. good take. Yeah. So Aldo Ray, speaking of this guy, how the heck did he end up in Hollywood, huh? Well, it was pretty much like you'd expect, just a total mistake. <laughs> Columbia Studios in 1950, they were looking for some athletes to appear in a film they were making called Saturday's Hero. And uh, they went to San Francisco looking for people. Aldo's brother, Guido, actually went to audition and he went along with them. And uh, they they saw this guy and they're like, this is the guy, especially because of his voice, as we were saying, Mm -hmm. is so unique. And he was also just comfortable talking to the camera. And uh, (laughs) he later recalled, quote, they said, what's wrong with your voice, kid? Are you sick? If you're sick, you don't belong here. I said, no, no, no. This is the way I've always spoken. And they loved it. End quote. (laughs) And if you actually watch the trailer to this movie, Pat and Mike, I watched it right before we filmed. 
he like talks about this. He's just like, how did a guy, you know, I can't even go that soft. My voice just won't allow it. But he's just like, how did I end up here? Well, I just went along. It, it's fascinating. Uh, mm. Definitely recommend checking that out. Maybe we'll post it in the social feeds if we feel up to it. Maybe we'll make you guys do some fucking work, huh? <laughs> hey, I'm just uh, a guest. Chuck, hey, don't make, don't get make to Chuck work. work. Chuck, yeah, don't... <laughs> get to work, you lazy son of a bitch. How dare you just come into our show and just sit back with a nicer microphone than either of us. Sorry. I, I can get the shitty mic out if you want. Even if you just moved it out of frame <laughs> so we feel good about our own lives. That's what I say. Hey, that's a nice mic. It, it does the trick. Yeah, I, I need to up my mic game. I don't even have a mic. Yeah, but you sound so good somehow. I don't even understand yeah, it. it. Like, I think it's just the baritone of your voice. It just transcends all. I think it is too. Yeah. It's ironic though, because you're like the musician out of all of us. And you're like, yeah, I don't have a mic. I would think you'd be mic number one. I think I've always been that way. Even as a musician, I'm so low tech, even as a musician. Like, I'm not a big, like, pedal guy or like i mean i have some but like i'm very minimal with it like i'm not i'm not someone that needs like a whole lot of extra crap so nice you just like you have your bliss have available stuff. now everybody <laughs> <laughs> another house ad we're gonna not go, intend to plug that but sure check um, out the uh what he's saying no no pedals no microphones you're gonna love it aldo ray though boy if he wasn't known as a hollywood drunk people oh, this, no. this this started to ruin his career and the producer of this movie that uh, was actually made a couple years after this in 58 called The Naked and the Dead, which was an adaptation of Norman Mailer's novel. Producer Paul Gregory said, quote, Aldo Ray was drunk the entire time. Mm. He was a very sweet guy, but he was gone. He drank, drank, drank. Raul Walsh, who was the director, would say, quote, let's get him in the morning because in the afternoon it's over. I could not Oof. get used to it. Actors who got all this money and they didn't behave professionally. The English actors have a classical training. They perform like professionals. You take someone like Aldo Ray, who was just picked up and catapulted into stardom, and he was just a sponge for booze. He killed himself drinking, not living up to his moral contract. And wow. His last film was filmed in mid-1990. It was called Shock'em Dead and had Tracy Lords and Troy Donahue in it. Oh, I got <laughs> that to my list. I was going to say this might be a uh, bad yeah. spider episode. What was that called? It was called Shock'em Dead. Also known as Rock'em Dead. There you go. We might be looking <laughs> under that. <laughs> wow. Um, he was married a couple times, but he married British actress uh, Johanna Bennett, she, who she had uh, Eric DeRa. DeRay? DeRay. Yeah. DeRay. Al Aldo Ray. That makes sense. Yes, uh, from Twin Peaks. Um, and she was actually a famous casting director. And she was the one who worked with David Lynch quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. And Bancroft, of course, a long, great career. She was a method actor. She actually will show up again as far as film noir goes in Don't Bother to Knock from 1952, which has Richard Widmark and Marilyn Monroe. Um, and then, of course, The Graduate won several Tony Awards, married to Mel Brooks. I mean, the greatest person of all time. Doesn't get any fucking better than that. Our Jack Turner, he, of course, Chuck, you could also watch Cat People. Have you guys done Cat People yet? Yeah, we did uh, both Cat People. Yeah, I was. Oh, excellent. I, 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 oh, I was Curse great. of the Cat People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I actually liked. I I I, I, I like that movie I too. Think I liked it better than Cat People. I'm not a Cat Ooh. People fan, but I yeah. I will I will take that review into heart because I <laughs> because of Cat People I didn't go further. But this guy, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Out of the Past with Robert Mitchum. Um, uh, yeah, I think I. Have. This is what our podcast is named after. But that's my favorite yeah. movie. It's a prerequisite to be on the podcast is you have to. I <laughs> forgot have to, to send that. the contract. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
I'm pretty um, sure I've seen it. <laughs> I'm sure you have. But he also did I Walked with the Zombie and the Leopard Man. So mm-hmm. a lot of good horror movies. And his father was actually a director, Maurice Turner. And they both moved to the United States when he was age 10. And he actually started a career in cinema while still attending high school. Brian Keith, our John, he was in The Parent Trap. <laughs> Nothing scarier than that. Speaking um, of Disney. <laughs> absolutely. Speaking yeah. of Disney, uh, he unfortunately died of lung cancer. He had quit 10 years earlier, but wasn't good enough. He was actually in a Camel Cigarettes ad in 1955. Famous last mm. words there. Mm. And uh, things were going so bad that in 1997, he killed himself with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And it was actually two months after his daughter, Daisy, had committed suicide. Wow. Uh, Money was getting a little tough on top of everything. So sorry to lose Brian Keith. Very film noir ending there. But uh, James Gregory, our Ben Frazier, he was a character actor. He's been around quite a bit. He was in uh, Manchurian Candidate. And then, of course, I think all of our favorite movies, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yes. Um, yeah 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 yeah. and also in barney miller yeah exactly yeah um and then at some point somebody really needs to do a a movie or a deep dive podcast into screenplay writer sterling silifant who created perry mason he was a close friend of bruce lee's he studied martial arts under him he of course won the oscar for in the heat of the night but this guy also wrote shaft in africa and over the top with sylvester stallone i mean (laughs) this guy he sounds awesome. He sounds like he's worked the exact career any of us would want to work. Dude, just Shaft everything. In Africa. I didn't realize he wrote Shaft in Africa. That movie is incredible. It, yes, like, absolutely. Like, Potentially coming uh, from Criterion Collection at some point. We saw uh, comic yeah. artist Bill Sienkiewicz was hyping his cover artwork for Shaft. So at least we'll see if we get them all. One. Yeah, yeah. All, all three would be great. I mean, why not? Archive, why wouldn't you? Warner Archive did release all three in a set. I have that set. It's okay. great on okay. Blu-ray. Um, this might be 4K, that the new 4K. Yes. Chuck, do you fuck with 4K at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A okay. lot. We're, we're ready to become you, but we're still still Blu-ray. It's okay. I'm like, I'm picky and choosy. It depends on what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I don't, I mean, I don't buy everything. Right. I just buy, like, yeah, the ones I... That sounds I like really, the level to be at. Yeah. All right. 2022K. That's, that's how we're doing it. <laughs> I really got to get that Howard the Duck 4K, though. I I understand. Yeah. Keeps teasing me. I I think deep down, I I held off on buying the Blu-ray because I've always had had it on DVD for the longest time. And for whatever reason, I just never got the Blu-ray, I guess. That's almost like a VHS or subconsciously I'm thinking, oh, this this has to come out on an even higher definition than I can buy it on. (laughs) I think that was one of the first like 20 movies I ever saw in my life. Like one of my earliest memories is like going to a friend's house and he's like, we just rented Howard the Duck. And I'm like four or five years old. Yeah, that was was definitely a repeat rental for me. I watched that so many times. It's got everything you would want. Yeah. I don't see what Steve Gerber was so mad about. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this edition. Um, Please join us next week. We're going to be coming back with 1946's classic, The Killers. You've been asking for it lately. Hey. Any objections? Yeah. You touch me and you won't live till morning. You'll not meet them tomorrow. Aren't I sweet? Most of them turned out to be unhealthy. The farmer died from natural causes. The Swede and Blinky Franklin were both killed. You know who else was in the gang? 
you were. Reach for that and I'll kick your brains out. forward to this one yeah it should be a good time but uh in the meantime chuck thank you so much for joining us yes we appreciate Pleasure. your presence your insight uh maybe you can come back at dale to come this time your your podcasting partner i would love to dale dale wishes he could have been here today but he's got a family and <laughs> we understand we yeah. we bear no such responsibilities yeah. so <laughs> plenty of time to talk film more don't worry yep. but we appreciate it uh we appreciate the work you guys do on the airwaves and uh keep them coming check out bat and spider everywhere yeah. you check out this podcast it's a good show more people talking movies that's that's what we want good people good mm-hmm. taste talking good it soul. up yeah. yeah it's the true chicken soup it's therapy. right yeah. yeah that's the true christianity <laughs> or something like that something like that and on that note you can find us on social media out of the podcast instagram out of the cast on twitter the real out of the podcast at gmail.com for those digital typers you got your fingers going why don't you put them to good use and say hello to the lads but in the meantime chuck we always like to end with a, a little toast to crime if you'd like to join us everybody here's the crime here's the crime Mr. Crane. Reading. Nightfall.